Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. That's my lunch. I, I want 12 donuts for lunch. Don't touch that. Life 107.1. There's two types of personalities that come out at the grocery store, right? There's the personality that goes in, has a list, gets what they need, and leaves. That's, that's all I need to do. I am an efficient, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get out. Because I don't really like grocery stores. I do. And, and in my current grocery store right now, pretty much when I go, I start at the beginning... <laughs> It's just like a little dotted line right behind me. I just go, I go up and down all the aisles. Every single aisle, I go up and down. I just walk. I look. I see. There's lots of fun stuff. Sometimes I buy it. Sometimes I don't. And then I come to the end. I go through the line and I leave. But I have explored every aisle. And people like me do not like shopping with people like Jen. <laughs> it's it's very difficult. But Jen, did you know? What? I read some science about you. Uh, This article examined the personality traits of aisle explorers. Is that me? Am I am I, I'm an aisle you, explorer? You are 100% an aisle explorer. All right. Well, if you're an aisle explorer, too, you need to listen up and hear what this says about you. Yeah. It's, so if you are the kind of person who explores every aisle on the shopping trips, which apparently 64% of people do. See? I'm in the majority. You are most likely to identify as an early bird. Oh, well, duh. Adventurous. <laughs> well, yeah. Introverted introverted and you like scary movies <laughs> so well two for four eight two, what are you like when you go into the grocery store yeah what's your grocery store personality science says that you're either go in like a heat-seeking missile get what you need and you leave or you're an aisle explorer going up and down every single aisle which one are you rose so i'm saying that there's a third one. Oh, okay okay and my family is very much this we are similar to Jen, and we have to walk down all the aisles, but they are definitely not in any correct order. <laughs> oh, really? Really? <laughs> Why? Well, you generally start in, like, groceries, you hit up the main things you need, and then you just kind of wander to the other side. Wander? You don't want to go home yet, and then you're like, oh, I needed that, and then you go back to the other side, and then you remember something else at the bottom of the list, and that's, of course, on the other side of the store again. Oh, <laughs> I'm Are exhausted. Are you doing this by yourself or do you have somebody with you? Well, I try to do it by myself, but we have six kids, so that's not a good option. Okay. Hey, <laughs> if you're alone at the grocery store as the mom of six kids, I would drag it out for every possible second. <laughs> it's a mini vacation. <laughs> nice. This has been so enlightening. Talking about how you behave at the grocery store and... and Linda, I honestly think that you could teach me something. I live in a tiny community, so our grocery store, I know everything that's in that store. Mm -hmm. When I go to Florida, I go to the big grocery stores. I recently took our 19-year-old granddaughter and her friend what we called... Recreational grocery shopping. Recreational grocery shopping. Yes, it is so fun to see what's different. And we found some fun things. So I love adventure. Sign me up. <laughs> I love that <laughs> idea. Go to a big grocery store in a new town and go recreational grocery shopping. Wow. And those girls, 19 years old, they were like, what does that mean? But they loved it. Good job out of you. Train yeah, up that next I'm generation not. of enthusiastic aisle shoppers. I'm not uh, not relating to this at all right now. <laughs> hey, Sarah, 
What is your grocery store personality? I am the person that must walk down every single aisle because I never remember the grocery list. <laughs> so I have to see things to trigger it. Yes. Oh. That makes you an aisle explorer. It's even worse than that. I have had people that when we were done, they say, I will never go shopping with you again. Never. Why? What do you do? Because I compare prices. I compare brands. I look at the box to make sure that I'm getting good quality stuff. So it's not (laughs) a quick trip. So how long does an average grocery trip take you? Let's see. I usually go on Fridays. And so I'm usually there after I drop my son off and I get there about 830. And so I'm usually home putting away groceries somewhere between... 10, 30, and 11. Two hours! Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Two I, hours? Average. I, 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 would not, I would not go shopping with you. You can learn a lot about people when snacks show up in the office. Oh, yes, you can. I mean, no. it was like a personality test when our friend Luann brought in a box of donuts a, a couple weeks ago. A dozen donuts from the brand new Hy-Vee and Grimes. And I realized we had just a bunch of different personality traits going on. Like Luann was the person who brought in the treats, sent out an email to the entire office in all caps saying there's donuts. But I don't think I ever saw her eat one. No, yeah, yeah. There's so there's the the provider, but not consumer. <laughs> the provider. She's now, like the Italian mother. Eat, eat, and then she just sits over in the corner yeah. and drinks tea. I learned I'm the guy who just shows up in the kitchen and sees a box of donuts on the table and assumes this is probably for everybody. <laughs> I hadn't seen the email from Luann, so I just grabbed one. <gasps> you just. Took it? You didn't check to see? What are these donuts for? I mean, like, I figured someone's not like, no, that's my lunch. I, I want 12 <laughs> donuts for lunch. Don't touch that. I don't think Bruce even acknowledged they existed. No, he does th- that. He, he's very healthy that way. He pretends like any of the snacks that come into the kitchen, he pretends like they're not there. And then, In fact, of all of us, have you noticed that Bruce rarely goes into the kitchen? I don't, I don't think he's ever been to the kitchen. I think I live in the kitchen. Does he know where the kitchen is? <laughs> and that tells you about our office. And then who threw them away? That was you. I did! There were uneaten stale donuts and Jen threw them away. I did because number one, they were stale. And number two, they were tempting me. (laughs) There's a lot of things in the world that reveal Mm. parts of your characteristics. The deep down hidden ones. One of them is when somebody brings a snack or a box of snacks to the office kitchen for consumption. It brings out your personality. So we just want to learn more about you. What is your office snack personality? I'm the bringer. Oh, you're yeah. our Luann. And what's wonderful is that I get credit when other people bring them. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a reputation now. Yeah. And there's one person in our office that I could even be on the phone or I'm talking to somebody and he runs by and goes, thanks for the snacks. And I'm thinking, I don't want to lose eye contact with who I'm talking to, but I'm thinking, hey, Carrie brought those. (laughs) No, seriously, think about it. Okay. When snacks show up in your office break room or the teacher's lounge or even your kitchen table, those snacks bring out different personalities. And we just want to know, what is your office snack personality? I'm the baker man. I bake banana bread Mm. and then I bring it out to the front area because we deliver a lot of car parts. You know, so I enjoy myself. If I want a piece or two, I'm going to get it. There's always plenty. 
you can see some different personalities when the snacks come, you know? Yeah, yeah. what do you see, Frank? Well, one of my bosses kind of said, hey, could you stop bringing donuts? <laughs> and I can hear called the donut police. It, it was bad. <laughs> Why did your boss want you to stop bringing donuts? He says he's gaining weight. Oh, you can't prove those are connected. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's just circumstantial. So I backed off a little bit, you know, instead of bringing two or three dozen, I just brought one. <laughs> that's good. That's much healthier. You're so kind. Have you ever had one of those moments where you think to yourself, yeah, probably should have thrown that away. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I walk into the kitchen and there was a (laughs) disaster area in my kitchen. So I know Ben had been cooking. Uh, And (laughs) I'm like, Ben. Yeah. Dude, I don't want to clean up after you. Come on up and clean up. So he came up and I said, what? What did you make, by the way? He's like, well, I attempted French toast. Oh. And I said, wow, that's ambitious. Good for you. Okay. Didn't think anything of it until a little while later. I thought to myself, wait a minute. We didn't have any eggs. So I wonder how he made French toast without eggs. So I opened up the refrigerator and there is a carton of eggs. And at first I thought to myself, oh, my word, my son went to the store and bought himself a dozen eggs so that he could make French toast. You really think that happened? No, 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 I didn't. Because then the more I looked at that carton of eggs, the more I realized, oh, no, (laughs) that's the carton of eggs that have been downstairs in the extra refrigerator for... Oh, two, maybe three months. Oh boy! That I ha- every time I opened it up, I thought to myself, "I have got to throw these away. Mm-hmm. I'd have got to throw. I've got to throw these away. I've got to throw these away." So, out of curiosity, I cracked one to uh-huh. see what he would have been working with when he made that French toast. Have you ever seen an egg that's like the consistency of toothpaste? Oh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> And he cracked an egg and was like, this is fine. I I didn't say anything. Later on, (laughs) he came upstairs and I was like, hey, buddy, just so you know, that egg that you ate, (laughs) that was really bad. I mean, like, really bad. And he went, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, to have a stomach that age. I know. You you run anything through there. Would have been down for a week. Oh, man. You should have thrown it away, and then you didn't, and then it wasn't an issue anymore because somebody ate it. <laughs> Your son ate eggs the consistency of toothpaste. They were really bad. They were they yeah, were not yeah. good. I should have thrown them away. I kept telling myself, you got to throw them away, but they were in the downstairs fridge, and that would have required a trip downstairs. I didn't know he'd go get them. When you need a knife to spread the egg on your toast... <laughs> You got problems. But Ev has some experience with things that should have been thrown away long ago. My mom used to live with me, so I have to check the dates on foods out of the freezer because a lot of them are (laughs) uh, more than... Pass or do uh-huh. so more than pass. Well, see now you bring up an interesting point. Does it matter if they're past their due if they've been frozen? Well, if they're brown around the edges from freezer frost, <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> no, as long as they've been freezer packed, yeah, they should still be good. But yeah, I figure if I open up my ice cream container and it's got crystals inside, I probably shouldn't eat it. <laughs> it just depends on how well, desperate I, I am. I've carved off some crystals in my time. <laughs> if it tastes funny, then. I I usually don't eat more than a spoonful, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know that feeling where it was such a good meal, oh. and then you had too much of a good meal, uh-huh. and I, I mean, like, I was feeling it last night. <laughs> Got home from my father-in-law's house, had a wonderful spaghetti dinner, and I was feeling the bloat, and so I was like, I know... We've got some like Gasex somewhere. I think I think that's going to do the trick. Mm-hmm. And so I go into our medicine cabinet and I'm like rifling through all the bottles and and all of the boxes and you pull out some boxes and they're empty. It's amazing how much stuff you keep in that medicine cabinet. I don't know why we don't throw some of this stuff away, but finally I found a box of Gasex tablets and when I shook it there was something inside. Yeah! And so I pulled out and it's the blister packets of the little gel tabs and I I pop one open and I realized that the gel pad was sticking to the packaging. Oh. And I I, So it's been through some temperature changes. I kind (laughs) of grabbed onto the thing and I pulled it and it unstuck. And in my fingers, like it's those like liquid gel tablets, Uh it was kind of squishy. Like it it wasn't it wasn't as solid as sometimes those are. At what point? During this, did you look at the expiration date? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) It doesn't expire for another like three or four months. So I was like, I'm probably good to go. So I took two. (laughs) Hey, Mike, you got a story about something that should have been thrown away? So a buddy of mine had a place, a weekend place at Lake of the Ozark in Missouri. He would be away for two or three or four weeks and leave the milk in the refrigerator. Oh, no. And I'm not kidding you. He was about the first thing he would do. He would go in there, and that milk was chunky. Mm-hmm. He'd shake it up and drink it. No! No! Yeah! <laughs> what? And I still... That's been 25 years ago, and I still, to this day, I get kind of sick to my stomach. Oh, my goodness. Why did he do that? I have no idea. Have you ever had a friend tell you something, and you think, that is so brilliant, I must use it? On occasion, I've heard that. Got a message from a friend Mm -hmm. who said her husband was not a fan of ranch dressing, just like me. Not a fan at all. So what she would do, and these are her words, if I wanted to make sure that he didn't eat something of mine, I'd either put ranch on it or I would put the ranch bottle in front of it and put what I wanted to keep from him behind it and hide my food from him by using a bottle of ranch dressing. She would create a ranch dressing barrier and and he wouldn't go through it. That is so brilliant. Hiding food from him by using ranch. So would I be able to do that in my refrigerator by just making a wall of pickles for Lindsay? Yeah, because... She wouldn't want to get it. She doesn't even want to look behind the pickles. Oh, man. That's a different level of intensity to protect your own food. I just put ranch on it. This this is husband repellent. Hi, Stephanie. Uh, What were the links that you went to to hide food? When I was growing up, I had four siblings, and I was the second oldest, and so I worked quite a bit. I babysat a lot and worked at a job, and so I would buy myself special snacks or treats that I didn't want to share with the family. Sure. So I would go behind my bed, and then behind my bed, I had a vent, and I would unscrew the vent and hide my food in there. (laughs) That's amazing. Nobody ever found it. Nobody found it? Do your brothers and sisters know now? I don't think they do. But, you know, I have been very tempted to hide my snacks from my husband that way now that I'm an adult. 
I believe it's like survival. Mm-hmm. When pushed, we will do what is necessary to hide our stuff. When I was young, I used to drink pop. Mm-hmm. You know those uh, the bottles that they used to come in. Oh, yeah. I oh, love yeah. those little glass bottles. Yeah. I used to hide mine because I would never get my Mountain Dew. I would stick it in the um, where you bake. You put it in the oven? No, not in the oven. Oh, what is that called? Come on, Taylor. <laughs> Oh, this is my responsibility now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think. In the, it's part of the oven. The broiler drawer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck one in there, and I didn't realize it, and I forgot about it until my mom turned on the oven, and <laughs> boom. Oh, boy. <laughs> there are much better places to hide a glass bottle of pop. Well, I didn't know that at the time. I was small. <laughs> So I thought just hiding my special foods like chocolate, anything, Mm -hmm. in my baking closet, I thought that was pretty ingenious. And then we heard from Marika. I have an empty box of grape nuts that have been in my cupboard for probably seven or eight years, and that's where I put all the good stuff. (laughs) You hide the good stuff in a grape nuts box. Girl Scout cookies, Reese's miniatures, anything that I get for me is in a box of grape nuts. We have moved four times that box has moved with us, and my kids have never caught on. And we have a winner! So no one questions that you've had the same box of grape nuts for the better part of a decade. Well, I'm the only one that gets groceries, so I don't know if they think I keep replacing it. But nobody's ever seen me eat grape nuts because they're disgusting. I got the box out of the recycling at my grandmother's house. And it's been in my cupboard for years, and my kids have never figured it out. There are days you come home from work, maybe you've got a couple extra hours, and you grab that book on the nightstand, you lie down on the couch, and you start reading, and you know in the back of your mind, I could sleep and be fine. Mm-hmm. I can take a nap here. Yeah, just just a little one. And then there are days like I had on Monday of this week. Okay. I was exhausted. Oh. Like, you know, could not keep my eyes open. I'm trying to put together a shopping list for the grocery store and falling asleep mid-word. Whoa. Like, yeah, it was bad. And so I knew in my head... I got to take a nap, and I got to take a serious nap. No, sometimes you do have to take a serious nap, but what do you do to make sure that gets done? Because to me, like, getting the best sleep is going into the bedroom and sleeping on the bed, but I feel like that's almost like the nuclear option. I'm going to get too much sleep and wake up at, like, midnight and not be able to fall back asleep. (laughs) Okay, so you don't go to your bed. But for a serious nap. A serious nap. I go to the couch in the living room. Uh Uh-huh. You ever read the comic strip uh, Blondie? Yeah, with Dagwood and Blondie. Okay. And Dagwood takes his Sunday naps lying on the couch with his face up against the back of the couch. So he's like facing away. Yeah, he kind of turns his back on everything that's going on in the house to face the back of the couch. Do you know what, Jen? That is an amazing way to take a nap. Is that how you take your serious nap? Yeah, no, no blanket, just sideways on the couch, facing the back of the, the cushions because it kind of blocks out the sunlight. You're kind of semi-cocooned. There's a little pocket there for a cat or a dog to hop up behind your knees. I take the best naps in the world like that. I have a shirt that says how much I love to nap. I used to tell people that napping was my favorite hobby. You know, I just think naps are fantastic, but... 
conditions have to be kind of perfect mm-hmm. when you want to take a serious nap. So when it's time for that serious nap, what needs to happen? I am a serious napper. I love naps, but it doesn't happen as often as I want it to. So it's almost like a treasure. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what has to happen for you to get super serious about a nap? Oh, I have to be in bed. I have to crawl into my bed. You're very, so it can't be on a couch, can't be on a chair. No, if, bed. if okay. it happens on a couch, it's more of just like a, I might or might not fall asleep. It's wow. just kind of, I'm lounging. Okay. But if I really want a nap, I have to be like crawl into bed, set an alarm clock, and it's going to be at least an hour nap. It's a treat. It doesn't happen, you know, during the week. It's usually a weekend mm-hmm. napper, but when it happens, it feels it feels good. <laughs> Sometimes I lay down on the couch and I think to myself, okay, if I, if I happen to catch a few snoozes, that's good. Mm-hmm. But there are times when you're like, nope, today I have to take a nap. I am seeking it out. I am going to make this one count. So I go to a specific place on the couch. Because I don't nap well in my bed. I I have to nap on the couch. I go to the couch and I move one pillow aside and I bring one pillow in. There's one pillow. There's a specific pillow. There's a napping pillow. I have a napping. I do. I honestly have a napping pillow. Okay. I have a napping pillow. I have a napping place on the couch. And then I have a napping blanket. I absolutely must have a blanket. Your nap comes with equipment. If my if my kids see me napping without a blanket, they know it's not serious. If they see that I have curled into the fetal position on the couch with my napping blanket and my napping pillow, they know. Okay, mom's out. And they they don't interrupt your nap. Oh well, no, I'm not going to say that. But they (laughs) they know that I'm trying to take a serious nap. People who take naps live longer. Just saying. I think I saw an article about that. That's probably true. (laughs) I'm sure that I can find science somewhere that says that. I mean, I'd love to believe it because I I love to take naps. And when you have the opportunity to take a serious nap, (laughs) I mean, you want to fully invest. Yeah, you do. And so you want to make sure that you, you meet all the conditions to take your serious nap. So please tell us, what do you require for your serious nap? You have to go into like the full cocoon position. Oh. Head under the pillow, blanket up and over around you. Like if the kids can see you, <laughs> then you're not doing it right. <laughs> so you're going full coverage nap. Full cocoon. You, yeah. you put your head under the pillow. Oh, yeah. And then the blanket goes up and over the pillow and tucked in and around. There's nobody getting in or out of this napping situation. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, Macy, about how long do these super serious naps last? If the kids aren't home, you could probably get a good couple of hours. What? If the kids are home... Anywhere from like 15 to 45 minutes. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yep. Wow. And when you wake up from those two hour naps, what is it like? You feel like a brand new woman. <laughs> she emerges from the cocoon, a butterfly. Into a beautiful butterfly, <laughs> eating like you're the very hungry caterpillar. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.